Welcome to Girl Power. We are the Bad and Bougie Boss Ladies on a phenomenal journey to help you discover your power, passion, and purpose at the convergence of love, romance, and finance. I'm your host, Kisi Monique, along with my co-host, Kertisha, Cherie, and Christian. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time for a half hour of girl power, empowered to be her. Be sure to subscribe, like, and share. Welcome to Girl Power. I'm your host, Kesey Monique, authoress, speaker, coach to women, mentor, and entrepreneur. Be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Tumblr. I'm your co-host, Christian Ferguson, human resource professional and entrepreneur. And you can connect with me on LinkedIn and Facebook. I'm your co-host, Cherie, motivational speaker, teacher, entrepreneur, inspiring author. Be sure to connect with me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Snapchat, and Instagram. That brings us to our last week of building your unshakable confidence. You want to reconnect with yourself and build a village of self-confidence. So that includes people who will cheer for your success. They will model new ways of being. They will support your efforts to grow. They will wipe away your tears and they will teach you the value of teamwork. So you might be thinking, what does reconnecting with yourself have to do with self-confidence? Well, each one of us has moments of self-doubt as well as insecurities. It is very, very common to get lost in the fragments of minor details of our own insecurities. Oftentimes, you may find yourself questioning whether or not you said or did the right thing, and it can be in any given situation. You may even doubt yourself to the point where you seek validation, and that validation may come from people who are not genuinely in favor of you, i.e., I've talked about the situation with my step monster before. Step monster. The step monster. And I used to want this woman's approval and I wanted her to love me like I came from her womb. I remember, and Cherie, you remember this, back in 2009, it was April 2009 to be exact, and I had just left the gym and, oh, this woman called me with... It was so bad to the point where I literally wanted to take my bare hands and strangle her. Just like all the emotions from being a child. I had got wrapped up in a cycle of emotional abuse, but I just, I don't know why I wanted this woman to just love me. Like, I mean, I don't know. We all get caught up in that. There's always that one person that you're looking to validate, to validate who you are. That is what I wanted from her. I wanted that, that validation, just what you said. And she was my one person. Yeah. And sometimes we don't pick the right person. And (laughs) clearly my, I don't think she was the right person for my dad, but then again, that ain't my business, but she definitely wasn't the right person for me. Nonetheless, just like any other person, when I'm not sure of these things, I tend to question myself. However, as part of the building of my self-confidence, I no longer seek this validation. In that process, I called Cherie and I was bawling at the eyes. And when I say bawling, I mean, 
I was just like, oh my God. And she was like, cousin, what's wrong? What is wrong? And, but Cherie was a part of why I was able to remove myself from seeking the validation from her. And that I remember that day, like it just happened. And she said, cousin, I know you don't like for pe people to tell you, God told me to tell you, but I got to tell you what God just told me to tell you. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and she said, sometimes people's seasons are up. Man. And she literally told me, you are no longer bound to that. You don't have to go back into that. You don't have to answer to that. And I'm like, what? And it's like, my skin just felt like I'm taking off this old skin and this, you know, I, I felt like it was just a stripping at that moment. And I felt liberated, no more seeking validation, especially from people who were not genuinely in favor of me. I used to fall into that all the time, seeking validation from people who really did not have my best interests at heart. Right. So I grew up in a project in Long Beach and the Carmelitos. No, not the Carmel. I was Springdale girl. Springdale. <laughs> Springdale West Side. No. <laughs> okay. But no, I mean I and I was going to private school and I just, I did not fit in, in my neighborhood. And I was a target. I mean, like everyday target. And I had, I had to change and I did change. And I hate that I did this. So you because, dumbed down who you were. Oh girl. Don't I Cause when story. I first got there, they were taught, you know, Oh, you think you're better than us because you light skin, you got hair down. Because my hair used to be down to the middle of my back. And, you know, I get in my face. And, oh, you think you're white. And, oh, you think this. And, oh, and you talk so proper. You talk like a white girl. And I'm like, okay. So now I will say I have developed a very unique ability to adapt to whatever situation I'm in. And I can sound like a professional. And I can also sound like old girl around the corner who will... <laughs> And I can flip, <laughs> right. And I can flip in and out of that, like in a heartbeat. <laughs> like, but you can get, you can get your Shade Day Jenkins on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can be Shaquanda, Shaquanda from you know up the street. <laughs> that I, I've been able to, you know, I. But I had to do that because I had to fight every day. Right. So I did dumb down so that my neighborhood would accept me. So I didn't right. have to fight every day. Right. So you had to and, prove yourself. Yeah. And it was, I mean, but it was very, as a kid, I hated my childhood. I mean, not the whole thing, but that portion, I hated that about right. my I childhood. Can, I can see why. I can truly see why. And it's funny because I watch my daughter now, who's never been in a hood of any sort. Honestly, in my opinion, she wouldn't know ghetto if it's bitter, but <laughs> she walks around talking about, oh, that's ghetto. And that's this. And that's, I'm like, you don't even know what you're talking. You've never seen any of that. <laughs> You've never seen none of it. <laughs> I can take you over there and introduce you to some folks. And I right. think you're going to want to come home. <laughs> Quickly. Right. It's just, it, it's a very, you know, that it's very disheartening when you're seeking approval. for, and, and still, even to this day, I don't feel like I really ever got it. You know what I mean? And you won't. 
and and I just stopped looking for it. And then I moved away and I just never, you know, I go back and visit every now and again. And I'm still friends with a lot of people, but I just, you know, that's you just never, a part of my life. You will never get that validation from them because you were set aside for God's intended purpose. I had to find that out the hard way. Mm -hmm. And literally God has me on this journey. I'm like super binging on TD Jakes. And when I say all up in my business, like stuff that he recorded years ago is so relevant to me right now. Stuff he recorded two months ago is so relevant to me right now. But when I say binging, I mean, I'm literally watching from sunup to sundown in between task and assignment that I'm assignments that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I would like to add to what both of you you've been saying. And it's so important because validation at some point in our lives, we all seek that from different ones that are, you know, in our lives. But one thing that I learned was this, that you have to ask God to be delivered from yourself. You have to ask God to be delivered from, you know, your old thinking. But most of all, you have to ask God to deliver you from people. And once you are delivered from people, then you will understand that everybody is not anointed to validate me. Everybody is not anointed to, to literally speak in my life, to speak things that is against my purpose. And it is all a process. But once I learned that, then the disappointments became fewer. You know, my expectations, I didn't lower my standard. I didn't lower my standards anymore, but the expectation and standards that I expected from them was literally where I you know, my expectations. So we have to literally know and understand like the rock, the wrestler used to say, know your role. You have to know the role that God of the people that God has sent in your life, because we've all literally, like I went through some of the same things with my mother-in-law, you know, and just different ones. And again, you just have to literally know that you're like literally tap into yourself and know your confidence level, you know, just keep building yourself up in certain points, you know, of your life, because if not, you'll always be let down. You'll always be questioning yourself going back and forth because they don't, they're not anointed to speak to your life. They don't see the purpose. They only see you for yeah. who you are and that's all they want to see. So it's important that we literally tap into that and make sure that we're healed from people that didn't validate us as children, yeah. that didn't give us what we needed as children. Because if not, you'll go through your whole life, you know, based in what you do, how you live, you know, all of that on if someone validates you or not. Man. And let me add to what you just said, because I, I hear you literally saying this to me a few times. And I think maybe the third time I got it, everybody can't go where you're going. Mm -hmm. And I remember that last time you said, I can't even go where you're going. And I'm like, what? <laughs> What you mean you can't go? You gotta go. And you like, no, your journey and your destiny is where God is taking you. I can't go with you. And I was like, man, and that was really heartbreaking at first because I was like, what you mean? My cousin can't go with me, you know? And I was like, after some years, oh, no. it, it it resonated, you know, God, he, he has so many mysteries, but if you trust the process, even if it's not pretty, even if it's not ideal in the process, usually it's never pretty. I give this analogy of the process. The Holy Spirit gave me this quote, a 
appreciate the process, but it's never pretty. But it's imperative that we go through it to get to the crown of beauty for the ashes that will be exchanged. And I'm paraphrasing my own quote, but that's essentially what it means. It comes out of Isaiah 61. And he gave me that because there was ashes and it was right around the time my auntie's trailer burned down that Cherie called me and she was in tears because that was like one of the last tangible things that you know she had of my auntie and the spirit of God just really rose up and she gave me that scripture and so it's been with me ever since knowing that we're in a process. We can't live in the process because we have to become at some point. And when we become, we can't get comfortable in what we've become. We have to continue to develop so that we can continue to become that which God has called us to be. So we got to get out of complacency. Complacency is our enemy. Essentially, understanding that being in the process is something like looking at the cow on a farm. You know, eventually that becomes ground beef, but it goes through a process. It might become a steak. It might become a roast. Whichever part of the cow you want. Some people like the lingua. Some people like the milk. Whatever it is, it goes through a process. So imagine seeing that cow and someone brings that cow to you and say, here, eat. It ain't went through the process. It's got to go through the process in order to get to your local store or even online because you know you can buy meat online now. So it can be shipped to you if you buy it online. It goes through that process. It ain't pretty. It's painful. Some things are added to, some things are taken away. Think about it. Even in a surgery, whether you're adding to, taking away, it hurts because you got to be cut. They got to remove. They got to add. They got to stitch you back up. You got to get medication. It's a process. Imagine being able to have surgery and walk out and look exactly like you want to look in the end. It's not happening. It's a process. So when that ground beef becomes a hamburger, a taco, know that it went through a process to get to you. And then you still are in that process because you can't just go get it and eat it. It's got to be cooked so that you don't get salmonella or E. coli or some other deadly thing that can take you up out of here. Right. But my point is, is don't live in the process. Don't unpack there because you can right. surely die in your process. You will never become if you stay in the process. And I don't know how we got off the topic, but you know, Holy Spirit, have your way because this Amen. ain't even about me. <laughs> Even though I'm sharing, it's not about me. So somebody somewhere must need this information. Don't unpack in your in your process. process. You've got to keep developing. You've got to keep growing. You've got to allow yourself to become. And in part of becoming entails being told no, being told to do things a certain way, and uh, redo things, restructure things, reconstruct. And that's a hard thing. Yeah, and that's hard. Right. That is hard. Because we get complacent with a pattern. Yeah. I want to do it this way because I've always done it this way. But it's not always complacency either. It's not always complacency. We kind of 
sometimes we are, we stand in our own way because in our minds, we're like, I can't do that. You know what I mean? It's like, I want to start this business. I want to do this. I want to do the other. And before we can even get started, we already shut ourselves down with our self-fear. Yeah. Fear. With our self fear. Yes. We let we let our thoughts, you Control. know, tell us that we can't do these things. Right. Or you have this idea and you talk to somebody about it and then they go, Oh no. You know, just like with our financial services business. You know, they're like, mm, okay, well good luck with that. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay. And it, it did kind of hinder me. You know what I mean? Because it's like, okay, well, maybe they know more than I know. But you well, gotta stand in your own. And to add to that, people will hear and see your vision sometimes before you do. But because they don't know how to execute, hence the idea that I was seeking this validation from my dad's wife. She saw the gifts and talents that I had. Even if she didn't see all of them, she saw a glimpse of how great God could make me. And literally everything I did, oh, you shouldn't wear those pants. They show your hips too much. Where the heck are my hips going? I can't control that. And I, I get that in the workplace. Oh, you shouldn't wear those pants because those are a little too tight. But another young lady who don't have nearly the endowments that I was blessed with wear the same exact thing, but because maybe she looks like a board or maybe she looks like an upside down pair or whatever, <laughs> I'm the one penalized for it. I mean, I'm right. just saying. Mm-hmm. But you I, also have to, look, and it's not just that. It's sometimes it's just straight hate. You know yeah. what I mean? Some yeah. people do see, like you said, they do see that you're destined for better things and they do know that what you're saying is a good idea or you know what I mean but they're gonna tell you not to do it because that that's the last thing they want is for you to for you to prosper mm-hmm. they're and gonna another, do any and everything to yep, cut you down yep and another thing is when you said that it immediately took my mind to Joseph in the Bible and how you know his brothers they literally oh, yeah wanted to kill him, wanted him to die because of what was on his life and what they saw and how they dad favored him. So therefore, you know, people sometimes they don't understand. They just get intimidated by what they got an inkling of what you're going to be or what you're going to become. So we literally, you have to be careful even with that. You have to be careful of telling people your dreams, your vision, you know, all of that because sometimes they don't, even though, you know, because we may be the people that's really, really happy for you. Yes. And I'm going to push you, but Every, unfortunately, everybody is not like that. And most of the time, everybody. it's the people that is closest to you that are in your family, people that you, your ride or dies, all, you know, those type of people is what you get the most, like Kristen said, the most hate from, the most discouraging words so yep. they don't continue. And you literally have to find a way, like Joseph survived, you know, all yes. of that. And yes. because at the end of the day, we're going to come back and those same people are going to come back to us and need what is in us or need what we have. But we have to, you know, literally make sure that we're working on us because it hurts. You know, that, oh, yeah, that it hurts. 
it needs scars, it needs wounds, and we have to make sure that we're healed to literally so that we can receive what God has for us so we can continue in our process and don't get stuck. Because he could have got stuck in the pit. He could have got stuck in the prison. He could have got stuck at Potiphar's house, but he didn't. He did not, but it was based on the confidence that he had in himself, knowing that I know what God said about my life and nobody, no devil in hell can take that away from me. So, you know, that was just a, a point that I literally immediately thought of because literally people will cast you away, try to kill you when you tell them what you're going to be or what God showed that's what concerning you your life. Share. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can't share everything with everybody. You just, Let you me sugarcoat sometimes. that. Let me sugarcoat that because why are you talking about Joseph? Uh, Joseph and his process, Bishop Jakes literally has a message called Joseph's Tears. And oh, my God, I listened to that yesterday. That's why I was sitting here like, oh my God, oh my God. I literally just listened to it. I love what he said when he said, people talk about basically the travesties that he went through. They never talk about where he overcame Mm -hmm. and how when he saw his brothers, how he cried and he kissed them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he talked about, I want to get it right. Oh God, what is it called? Uh, Did he call it an angel's heart? Mm -hmm. And he said that he could have immediately casted them away because of what they did to him. Uh -uh, Mm Uh-uh. I ain't giving Mm y'all nothing. Mm -hmm. Y'all threw me in the pit. Y'all left me here. Y'all did that. I got my daddy thinking them dead. You know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And all the while, he embraced them. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I feel strongly like something's getting ready to happen. And I need... Mm -hmm. I need your spirit to overcome me and overtake me in this because I don't want to be that one to be like, "Mm, I ain't giving you nothing. You know, (laughs) I don't, I don't particularly have that kind of heart, but I don't want what was to overpower what God wants to be in other Mm -hmm. words. Mm -hmm. And so saying that to say, I have a feeling I will see my siblings again and my stepmother, but I don't know know how the relationship can be i don't i don't know i don't have any hope in it anymore but i will say i am protected i'm guarded i don't mind having a conversation but there's a there's a strong but there mm-hmm. i need my 50 feet i won't give you evil for good you know that could be applied to that other auntie <laughs> <laughs> uh because you're gonna see her soon <laughs> she coming real soon <laughs> That's all right. But he, and then here's the crazy thing that you that was not crazy. I know it's God, but that you just pointed that out because at this point in my life, even right now, I'm dealing with that situation, you know, and it literally shows me who and what, you know, who caught me and what I'm made of because, you know, the situation I'm in, I should not be dealing with one of my sisters. I shouldn't be dealing with my family. I literally um, thought about you because literally, you know, I literally, I was in, if I know, but it, it showed me that I do have the love of God and I have the Holy Spirit because literally if I was in my flesh, if I literally gave back what people gave me, it would be a lot of people that would be cut up, shot up, done up, literally because of the simple fact that 
that y'all did me wrong and you know it, but now you want my help. That that's crazy, that. you know. And it, it doesn't make that. sense to the natural na- natural mind and the you know carnal mind. But God said that He would use the foolish things to confound the wise, because ne- nevertheless, I found out that they can never ever do no harm f- to me. But what they can, but but they also cannot bless me the way God can, and they can't Not keep me the way that God can. And so, Not therefore, you know, I've had a lot of people tell me, "You are crazy. What are you doing?" I, I understand that's your family, understand, but they wouldn't have nothing. I wouldn't have nothing to do with them. That's a wrap. Cut them off, you know, and all of this. But at the same time, it is is my responsibility to forgive, and that's not um, automatically saying I forgot because. I remember <laughs> so right. but at the same time I had to forgive so that I'm not stuck in the process because people have done you wrong people that know they did stuff to your family people that you know those people they move on quickly and they're living their best life while exactly. you're stuck bitter and have an attitude you stuck and you can't go you can't move forward you can't move back you like in a rocket just moving but not progressing so preaching to the choir honey Mm -hmm. i have friends that tell me all the time you have the patience of joke and i sometimes and i'm not me i don't mean it in a disrespectful way but sometimes i'm like i am the second coming because i am that one that turns the other cheek i'm that one that everybody you know they come to me for everything but i can't it's not reciprocated Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not reciprocated. And just like you said, I did. I went to jail behind my family. My I family. That. I remember My family that. put me in jail I for remember. helping my family. Yeah. I they remember. didn't even want to help. They didn't want to help. And I did. And then they put me in jail for that. Mm-hmm. I remember but I've that. learned, I have learned that you have to, you do have to forgive, like you said. And I've learned how to love you from over here. Mm-hmm. Right. Because forgiveness I, doesn't I, mean right. all access is now granted. Right. Yeah. No. no, it doesn't mean that we go back to where <laughs> we were. Not at all. And that's why people got, get the game twisted. Mm-hmm. I'm going to love you from over here. Mm-hmm. You are still my family. I don't have no choice in that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I'm going to be over here and yep. you're going to stay over there. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I, I literally thought about you yesterday when I heard that message. I'm like, oh my God, this is what Sheree is going through right now. Like you were the center of the main part of what he was teaching on last night when I was listening to it. And I was just like, oh my God, I was in amazement. I was like, okay, Lord, if and when my time comes to have to do this, let me, you know, be on point. Help me to see you in this and not what I feel. Let me not go off of old emotions. You know what I'm saying? I say that too, because it's easy to say, oh, well, you said, and oh, well, they did. And and those things are true and not disregarding it, but something in that God has a plan. Even if you don't see it, you still have to go by it. Mm -hmm. And that's where for me, I'm praying for that. And I thought about the other auntie, your auntie. Because when you I were saying that, it. I was thinking about it. I was like, she's going to be there. You go have that opportunity. Uh, mm, Well, mm, yeah. So to God be the glory. I'm going <laughs> to say to God be the glory. Because I also learned something else 
And this, this circles back to our topic of reconnecting with yourself and basically cultivating a, a village that will help your self-confidence. Now check it out. When I was, mm, I can even say a few years ago, but for the majority of my life, I thought, oh, my parents just set me up for failure. Oh, they didn't love me. And, oh, you know, they didn't take care of me until I really listened closely to another message that Bishop Jakes talked in. He said it was for God's purpose. I was predestined. He talked about how God knew me before I got here. Mm -hmm. I literally had questions about that. And when he pulled it out of the scripture, I said, oh my God, I started shouting. And my husband is looking like, are you okay? <laughs> I'm like, yes. Because I'm like, I've always wondered, Lord, how did this all happen? You know, and before I was formed in my mother's womb, he knew me. But I had to go through those things just as Jesus had to go through his things as human so he could understand our emotions. Mm -hmm. I had to go through those things because of where God has taken me. And this is why it was so important for me to know that everybody can't go with me because I'm that one. Come on, you're trying to get to the top. I'm getting to the top too. Let's go. Mm -hmm. And not only can you not take everybody, everybody ain't ready to go. Mm -hmm. You might not be ready at the same time as me. I might not be Girl. ready at the same time as you. And mm -hmm. when people see your become, what you have become, they see the glory, but they forget the story. They forget the woes. They forget that there was once a ground zero. That's right. right. People will jump in your car to go on your dirty half dress, half ready. Yes, yes. Ain't got both legs in their pants. Mm -hmm. One arm can't halfway get in the shirt because the, the half of the shirt is still hanging on their head, no shoes, and grab no identification or nothing. And this is how people are willing to roll just to get on Casey Lane or right. or mm -hmm. or Cherie Court. You That's know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or Christian Boulevard or whatever. They are literally trying to get your glory, but they don't have an idea how tight the shoes were that you had to walk in. If you had to burn the bottom of your feet at times, or if you had no food on your table or whatever. When I listened to some of what Bishop Jay said, and I didn't know these things about him, and he talked about how people were there to get the glory. Oh, I just want to be like Bishop Jakes. And he talked about how he couldn't even pay his water bill or his light bill and how they fried fish dinners and had barbecue dinners and how he worked a job and he let his own lights get cut off in his house or his water get cut off so that they could keep the stuff running at the church when there was only seven people who were members of his church. And he named the, the, the first member who was still a part of his congregation today. He literally talked about these folks from the beginning to now. And that's amazing that somebody can be a part of everything that you've gone through, support you wholeheartedly, and make sure that they are part of the cultivation. They are part of your village of self-confidence. Then people bought a fish dinner from him and joined his church. They were the first members of his church. And I'm like, oh my God. God, how beautiful is that? Mm -hmm. And all I can think of is, man, that is amazing. I mean, he literally broke it down how they went through 
hell, basically. Mm -hmm. They went through hell. And in their going through hell, they didn't quit. They didn't quit. Ephesians tells us having to having done all to stand, stand. They kept standing. They didn't give up. They said, we ain't quitting. He talked about how, how Miss Sarita, she was pregnant, laying on a pew, about to give birth while they was preaching. And I'm like, that is dedication. That is dedication. And they didn't quit. And look at him now. He talked about Megafest. He said he had no idea Megafest was going to be like it was. He just knew he had a vision. He wouldn't quit. Mm -hmm. And not only that, he also said in one of his sermons how at one point there was somebody that came up to him and desired to have what he had after he moved to Texas. You know, they asked, they asked him to pray that he, that he, they have the same things that he had. And he said this, he said that I started praying that they will have holes in their shoes. They start, he said, I started praying that they will not have enough money to eat to feed their children and all of that and the person like wait 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 I didn't ask for that I didn't ask for you to pray for that he said well you asked for this and so therefore I can't just let you have the glory but you gotta go through the process of what I went through he said he will get up there and preach with holes in his shoes like you know like people like you just said they will see when you arrive or they will see when God is done but they yep. don't know they think they know all the stuff that they went that you've gone through but Have they no don't idea. know everything that you went through the tears the heartache the time that you yes. were on a forced fast because you didn't have food the time that yep. you literally had to beg peter to pay paul to pay somebody else mm -hmm. didn't have to pay all those back people don't understand but when you walk into your greater Everybody want to be a part of that greater. And some of the ones that left you in your, when it wasn't great, they want to come and you can't allow them access to you in that certain place. Exactly. Exactly. And he talked about also this one element that really made me know you, you can do this. You are a child of the King. So when that time comes for me to talk to my stepmother and my siblings again, which I'm sure eventually it will, he let me know you got it. You can do it. Yes. And he said, he, he talked about a, a friend of his who's also a pastor and how he allowed someone to come into his church. And basically the guy, you know, he's, oh, now I'm pastor this and I'm pastor that. And basically the guy is taking some of the members with him. And so he was very hurt about this. His friend asked him, you know, what, what do I do? And he, what did he tell him? He said to send him, send him a donation, send him a, a, a donation. He was like, send him a donation, you know, like why would I send him a donation? What would, what would be the reason mm -hmm. that I would send him a donation? But he, but Bishop Jakes told him, he said, cause your calling and where God is taking you is much bigger than what you about to give him. Mm. Let him go. And to add to that in my thoughts, if they run like that, if they leave you like that, they wasn't yours to begin with. That's right. Mm -hmm. And maybe their season was just up with you. That's right. And I just was like, wow. But having that village to help cultivate that self-confidence within you is so pertinent. Yes. Yes. It is so pertinent. It is so pertinent to God be the glory because we got completely off topic, but on topic. Like, That's right. That's right. It's taking, 
it's flowing <laughs> and it's taking us right into where we need to be. So yes, Lord, and I am so thankful. And I don't know who needs to hear this, but I pray that every word that has come forth because when when and Bishop Jakes he had me cracking up yesterday. He said, you know, the Bible tells us, you know, man should not live by bread alone. He said, well, some people think that means give up bread. And I was like, no, he didn't go there. He said, God didn't say give up bread. He said, you're just not going to live by on bread alone. Mm-hmm. But we got to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So when God has given a word, we have to, we have to thrive off of that. And I can remember just years of so many preachings and teachings from the different congregations I've visited or been a part of and still relevant today. The word of God is just what it is. That's right. I I pray for every woman, every girl, male who will be a part of listening to this podcast. I pray that God blesses your soul tremendously by everything that was shared today, by even seeing your own situation and that you can overcome and that no matter where you are in your process, you still have breath in your body and you can still get through your process to become, to personal development, to self-confidence, to be all that God has called you to be. But you can't go riding on somebody else's lane and jumping on their horse, mm-hmm. i.e. their Mercedes, their BMW, their Lexus, their Range Rover, or whatever, Toyota, mm-hmm. Maxima, whatever they're driving, you go. <laughs> Whatever they're driving, you can't jump on their bandwagon and think your your vision is going to be cultivated through that. That's right. That's right. Can't be a leech. Amen. Amen and amen. So that brings us to the conclusion of this week's topic. I definitely want to remind you of the value of teamwork. And I want to leave you with this. Confidence is not just about working alone. It literally is about knowing how to walk the road alone. Remember, I told you, Cherie told me on multiple occasions, I can't take everybody with me. Although it's comfortable, it's sometimes satisfying because you think, oh, well, if I got this person with me, you know, they can be my accountability partner or, you know, they can cheer me on if I get down. They might need cheering. So what's the plan? Got to trust God on this journey. Also, knowing when to walk with a team and in a team. So for me, I am on Kesey Lane. It's okay to get in another lane as long as you don't stay in that lane. You got to know when your time is up. So you might go and visit or you might be making a left turn or a right turn. Maybe you need to change lanes briefly, but get back in your lane. Sometimes when you're alone, you may feel apprehensive or anxiety about going places and doing new things that you've never done. However, when you're doing those things with a friend, there is a sudden splash of energy and you realize you can become creative as Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity on anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But 
How can one keep warm alone? Though they may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A, a cord of three strands is not easily broken. The truth of the matter is the very best parts in re reconnecting with friends is the fact that the feelings can be reciprocated if you have the right friends. They are the people who share your dreams. They are the people who can cheer you on. So surround yourself with these true friends and see just how much their impact on your attitude and building your self-confidence can stretch you beyond the limits. And in that, they will tell you the truth and sometimes it hurts. In closing, here are some action steps and tips to exercise and consolidate your confidence. You want to grow your knowledge. Grow your knowledge of who you are and who you can become. Experience and celebrate small victories. Even God celebrated and clapped for himself. You don't believe me? Go to Genesis 1. 30 through 31, it was the sixth day. And to every beast of the earth and every bird of the air and every creature that crawls upon the earth, everything that has the breath of life in it, I have given every green plant for food and it was so. And God looked upon all that he had made and indeed it was very good. So he, he, he celebrated his own small victories. Those were small things to God. And there it was evening and there it was morning, the sixth day. Exercise passionate faith, no matter what. Believe in what you desire for yourself while believing, do something, do something. And I'm putting emphasis on doing something because you can believe and not do anything. So while you're believing, do something to complement that which you're believing for. You want to also enable a firm resolve. You want to plan to succeed in the face of adversity. Do not allow setbacks to be drawbacks that defeat your comeback. Enlist in expert help. Remember, there's safety in a multitude of counselors. There's safety in a multitude of coaches. There's safety in a multitude of doctors. There's safety in a multitude of therapists. Who are you going to? Proverbs 11, 14, where no counsel is, the people fall. But in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. Visualize your confidence. See yourself as confident. Faith it until you make it. F-A-I-T-H, it until you make it. Refer back to exercise passionate faith. Mark 11, 22 through 24. And Jesus answering, saying to them, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass and he shall and he shall have whatever so he says therefore i say unto you whatever things you desire when you pray believe that you have received them and you shall have them lastly expect to be confident you got this all i can say is amen and amen until next time rock your girl power Stand in your power, pursue your passion, and define your purpose. And as always, keep it pretty and pink.